Welcome back to Intuition Your First Sense. This is an episode that's going to be fun. We don't know where it's going, which is kind of fun when you combine two intuitives in one room and they don't know where things are going. Well, two different rooms. Uh, I am having back on the show my daughter Kayla, who many people have uh, responded to an episode we did earlier and said that they really enjoyed the dialogue, the uh, subject matter, and our relationship and how we we listen to each other and banter back and forth, but also correct when it's not right, which is good. I, you know, that honesty is important in relationships. And I've had a lot of questions recently from parents with their kids dealing with spirit activity and communication with those who have crossed and just picking up on all that stuff. And I thought, well, I'm going to go to my resident expert as my child, but no longer a child, um, and see if she can help us because I know what to say from a, I've been in it so long that it's normal for me perspective, but sometimes I forget what it's like to just be discovering this. And Kayla's got a really good memory, sometimes photographic at time, which I'll admit is challenging, but I appreciate it because I feel like it will help. So thank you for agreeing to do this again and entering, (laughs) you're welcome. Um, It's been Kayla's practice to kind of remain in the background of Vicki Bear's life. So I'm very grateful (laughs) that you'd be willing to do this because truthfully, I, I don't think most kids grow up in a household like ours was and, or like yours was, ours was, I'm not sure how to say that since, well, I think I did grow up along with you, but, um, and that honesty and transparency and, hey, it's your ghost, you deal with it, talk, could be helpful. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, so can you give me, you know, because we, people might think we had these conversations all along, but we haven't. So that's what's kind of fun for me too, is that uh, we talked about it, I think, as a matter of course of action, but not necessarily, hey, this is wiring or whatever. So, which makes me realize I was completely remiss as a parent, but yeah, that's okay. Um, can you explain or just give a little bit of background of what is your experience with spirit activity, those who have crossed? I don't really call them ghosts unless they're stuck between the realms, but um, can you give us a little bit on what your experience has been? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot, I've been, I, I consider it like hearing them because I hear them as if they're in the room, like you and I are talking, uh, since as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. but I didn't start really paying attention to it until you started going into that kind of business. Cause it was just, I don't know, there were people in the room. And I remember you used to tell me that I would do both sides of the conversation <laughs> when I was like playing make-believe and stuff so I don't know if that was me picking up on stuff and just vocalizing it or how much of that was imagination um but yeah I've been hearing people all my life so I don't know I think it would depend on what you mean by like experiences because I have both negative and positive things that I could say about it um so it just kind of depends. Okay. So yes. Um, and for those with a little background information, Kayla started talking at eight months old. So uh, that dialogue <laughs> went on for quite a while. And I'll be honest, it was actually your father who pointed all this out to me because he would say that my mother, your Nana, would was checking on you, tucking you in. And I'm like, oh, knock it off. That's just not true. That stuff doesn't happen. And then the more I realized, oh oh boy, um, this stuff does happen. And I've been communicating with them my whole life too. I realized, oh my goodness, we have a lot of antennas in this house and I don't know how I'm going to manage that. But yeah, there was never a question of, when I look back on it, I don't feel like I ever questioned you know, how they'll say that a kid has an imaginary friend. Like, I never thought of it as your creativity. I always like thought... Whole, like, families. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> and, and that may be why I just, on some level, before I even wanted to look at this and, and admit that this was going on, I 
just didn't question it because you were so insistent if I tried to correct something um, or just remembered something wrong, you were like, that is not what I said. And I'm like, okie dokie. Which for those listening, that's an important thing to realize when you're working with kids and they're telling you that they saw someone in the other room. We have to re- we have to believe them. But it's a good way to tell if you have a storyteller or if you have someone who's really seeing those energies and interacting with them. If they give you some detail, like that guy wore a red shirt and you change the story for them. Say, remember when that guy wore the blue shirt? If you have a kid who's really seeing spirit, they will be annoyed that you corrected what they saw because it's such a knowing within one. Um, Or heard, if they heard a voice um, and you said, that woman, and they're like, it wasn't a woman, it was a man, it was a child. I'm not saying, like, test your kid, but I have worked with young ones who were just trying to get away with something, and they realized their parents were excited by the fact that they might be seeing spirit activity, so they embellished just a smidge. But I I don't, don't, you were such a matter-of-fact kid, like, even if I knew to do that, I don't know that I would have, because you were so emphatic when we got something wrong. Um, So... Do you remember when we moved into the house in Pittsfield? Because I have a very clear memory, and you were a little older at this point, but I have a very clear memory of when I went, oh shoot, we are dealing with a lot more than I realized we were dealing with. But do you, you don't remember that? So when we I do remember one thing that I could tell you after you're done with this, though, that was probably a year or two later. So I'll tell you that after. Okay. Now, this was a couple months after we moved in because I remember still trying to get settled and where's everything and doing all that house remodeling. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. So you came in the house and you asked me, are people supposed to be able to walk through cars? I do remember that. I do. (laughs) And I looked at you and I remember looking at your father going, okay, I guess we're having that conversation. And I said, well, no, people can't, but spirits absolutely can. And I think for me, what it was, besides the fact that I felt like I had to protect you, I then had to admit that that was, had been going on for me. And then I just rerouted them so they didn't run through the house. Um, you know, they ran outside the house. They were trying to go to work at the mill across the street. <laughs> so, uh, but I remember that so vividly because I remember thinking, oh boy, I better learn some of this stuff because I think there's more going on. Because Sean, um, Kayla's older brother, one of them, had always talked about energies in the house we lived in in Lee. And, you know, the nice man who lived up in the attic with him. Um, And because I remember when we were moving, he asked if we could bring him. And I'm like, no, no, he has to stay here (laughs) because I'm not adding to all of that. So, yes, people, our house had some fun to it. So what's your memory? So I do remember that one. I was, I actually saw that one from across the park. Mm. And I was swinging on the swings, but I was really high because I don't, see them I can see them sometimes but I don't see them like people like actual 3d physical beings um I don't know how to describe how I see them but they're not is, is it like holographic kind of I would say like fuzzy face like okay. they have um there's a movie I can show you after we're done with this that is exactly how it is but it's not <laughs> it's not clear but you could tell that it was a person it's like a silhouette kind of like you know those shows that like a haunting in Georgia a haunting in yes. Connecticut TV, how they never actually show a being. It's always like a weird silhouette, mm-hmm. but you can make out that it's a person. It's similar to that. Not as scary, though. They definitely embellish <laughs> Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> um, but anyway, my memory. Um, a couple years later, probably about 14, I was in my room. It was just after Christmas, around this time. Um, and I was supposed to be cleaning my room all of the many times I never actually was. <laughs> and... Um, I had put a stack of game boards on top of the hamper that dad had just made me. It was right after I brought it upstairs. And um, I had the karaoke machine that I also got that year plugged in, and I was listening to music through it. And then the music had stopped, but it was still, like, going, working, I don't know. And I heard as clear as day this man's voice. Wasn't dad's voice? Speaking of, remind me of dad and tank. Okay. Um, 
wasn't dad's voice, wasn't any voice I had ever heard before, but it said, clear as day, get the games off the hamper. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Noted, scary voice. <laughs> but that was the first time I had ever, like, distinctly heard them. Because usually it's, like, in passing, at, like, almost as if someone's walking by me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> but I heard that one clear as day, and it was so, I want to say scary, but just, like, alarming, because mm-hmm. I was home alone. It always happens when I'm home alone, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because my guard's down or something, because there's no one around me, mm-hmm. but it's always when I'm home alone. It was it was loud, too. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, <laughs> I won't mess with you. <laughs> so the, the, the thing that I find fascinating is how... I believe everybody can have connection with those in spirit, but there are certain antennas, those of us with antennas, that just have an easier time uh, communicating. And that's through wiring. That's through, it is considered to be through genetics. There are many studies that show (laughs) that this trait is genetic. So that along with your lactose problem, you're welcome. Um, so, So, but it's always fascinating to me how people have, we all have different abilities. Like to be able to hear them is my last one. I still have a really hard time with that. And granted, I shut it down a lot lately um, because of the other work that I'm doing. But uh, I feel like when someone, when you can hear that, it, it, it can be, it's called clairaudient, but it can be difficult in discerning, did I think that? Um <laughs> Is it somebody walking by on the sidewalk outside? Uh, you know, in, in that case of the hamper, it directly correlates to something going on in your room. So it's a little bit easier to define that, okay, that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be, I've met and worked with so many people where I'm like, you can really hear it, can't you? Because yeah. it, sometimes it comes in your own voice too. So it's difficult. But usually the messages from those who have crossed their spirit guides angels just drops in like there's no thinking ahead of time yeah um and it it can be disconcerting especially when you're home alone and then you think somebody's in the house too yeah that's (laughs) happened so many times and it's also not so on a different note of being like people being in the house but also like mental health issues yeah so many people have auditory hallucinations and like my myself i have um you know, bipolar disorder, and you can hallucinate with that. I have had hallucinations sometimes. It's usually when I'm very, very tired. Um, but it's hard to discern, like, am I hearing things because of chemical stuff going on upstairs, or am I hearing things? Mm-hmm. So that can be confusing, too. Yeah. I remember Sean had said to me one time, he was 13 or 14, and he told me he was hearing voices. And, of course, you have to consider the fact that there's chemical or wiring, um, and have that or both true, true. Uh, but you have to consider that because you in do as a parent, I think you have to consider that just because, (laughs) um, we had an open forum for energies popping in and out doesn't mean that you don't take care of the human. And I remember saying to him, and this just came so intuitively to me, that I, I remember asking him, okay, but what are the voices asking you to do? Are they telling you to do something? Are they asking you to do something? Because those who have crossed in communication will never send a harmful or negative message. So it it will, <laughs> it can be bossy. You know, move that, get there, take that left. Like I didn't listen that one time we were in a car accident and I was supposed to take a left and I didn't listen and then we got rear-ended. Um, you know, so they can be bossy and, and in that regard, but they will never send through a message of harm someone, harm yourself or any. So then you can have some kind of delineation between, oh, okay, I need to seek a mental health professional. And I have sent people, people who have come to me saying that they hear spirit and once I read them, I'm like, hmm, Perhaps, um, but I'm, I can't work with you until you work with a psychiatrist for at least a year. Um, because, you know, that's a double whammy to have both. But it's a good point that you bring up that 
you know, there have been many lifetimes where we've been persecuted. And even in this lifetime, you know, I've had not a lot of experiences, but some, you know, where people just thought I was kookabunkers and I'm okay with that. But being able to not, I, the reason I, part of the reason I wanted to do this show was so that there's some tools, you know, whether it's a teenager listening to this or the parents or grandparent or someone who can say, you can ask the questions. Okay. What are they saying? How do you receive it? It is often when we're alone because you don't have the interference of other people's frequencies. Like I remember there was one time I was in my room and you were in your room and you were complaining about this guy energy that was in your room. And it looked in my closet. <laughs> well, that, that it was more the attic, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was up on that top shelf. Yeah. I know. It's open I, or something. Yeah, so I know. For me, it felt like my closet, yeah. but attic yeah. closet. I think it was the same hamper guy. He yeah. lived in my closet. Yeah, it, it, it took me. Board, I had my headboard up against the closet for a while. Mm-hmm. It wasn't around that time. I was on the opposite side of the room. I moved around that room so many times. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> also <laughs> genetic. <laughs> um, but but yeah. it, yes, he did. He lived in my closet slash attic area. Yeah. I do remember. Yeah, it took me a while to get rid of him. Um, but I remember you saying, I was reading, and I remember you saying, Mom, come get rid of this. And I said, no, it's your room, your ghost. I mean, I was working on it. It's not like I was like ignoring it completely. You have to know how to do this so that when you move out and I'm not around, that you can handle these energies. And eventually it was you that released them, whether you really realize it or not. So that's important for people to, and parents especially, to get curious, to ask, um, but also to hold a little bit of a line. If, if you're not able to see or feel or hear, or you're not ready to, um, and your kid is experiencing this, like listening is the first step, and then contact somebody that can help you understand it. Um, I just worked with someone the other day whose kids have very visceral, like they can feel the touching of their self. I hate that part. I will admit I'm good with the rest of it. I I've only had that once. Do not like being touched. Um, and so I gave her some tools like of, you know, asking for white light or even demanding that they leave. Do you think there's anything comforting about it? Um, yes and no. I kind of struggle with the comfort part. Um, just cause it's, I want to say jarring, but it's just strange that someone, if you will, um, can be so close, but yet so far as I like to say, mm-hmm. um, and that's hard for me to kind of process sometimes is that they're there, but they're not there. Um, so I wouldn't really say it's comforting, but it doesn't make me uncomfortable either. I just kind of, I'm in limbo mm-hmm. when it comes to how I feel, um, but I also wouldn't say that it, I don't know what word to use, that I don't like it. Mm-hmm. There, There's a specific word I'm looking for, but I can't think of what it is. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it. Okay. Because I remember when I was figuring this out and realizing through a friend who passed who kept popping into other readings I was doing and then I realized oh. The aunt? Yeah. <laughs> you gave me her pamphlet the other day. I gave you her pamphlet? You know, from her, like, memorial service, you gave me her pamphlet. It's weird that we're talking about her right now. Yeah. So, in a dream or something? or No, literally. It's in the box of stuff you gave me. Oh, it yeah. is. The stuff I dropped off. Yeah. Oh. It's in that box. Oh, fascinating. Okay. Yeah. You gave me a bunch of, like, random stuff, and I was like, okay, I don't know why you gave me that, yeah. but that's no. funny that <laughs> That's not conscious. Um, so, or it wasn't intended, but, yeah, she liked you, so. Um, <laughs> well, if you want it back, I have it. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but until I started seeing her pop up in sessions I was doing with people, like, I didn't even really have this concept of mediumship. So it was through that, through her popping in, realizing, oh, ho, ho, something's changing because it was comforting for me to see her, to know she was okay. Um, but then she actually popped into a session I was doing with someone and I realized, oh, shoot, she might know this person. 
um, just because she was so present. And when I said that to the woman I was reading for, she they had worked together in a previous job other than where I knew Anne from. And that's where like everything started clicking. And I know for me, even though it was still very disconcerting to <laughs> see them in the grocery store, it's still disconcerting for me to see them in the grocery store and stuff. It gave me a sense of peace because, I mean, the way I was raised, no one, you didn't talk about anything. So, um, I, it made me feel like, okay, there is a continuity somewhere, even if my human head can still not grasp it. I have so many questions when I croak, um, for whoever greets me, me. <laughs> for whomever greets me, I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, I know, but I got to ask questions first because I did this my whole adult life. I, I, I deserve some answers. <laughs> I tried to get your father to do it. I told him before he passed, I'm like, okay, you're a direct link when you, and you understand what it was like because he was there while I was trying to figure all this out. I said, you give me answers. Well, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. So the ability is something that, again, I think is wired within us. But that doesn't mean that when you have this, that you have to hang a shingle out or you even have to be of service to anything. It's actually our own soul's growth that we're, you know, connecting in with this. Just like, you know, for so many years I did this publicly on stage and everything and then decided, I think I'm complete. (laughs) I think I'm complete with it. Um, They still crack me up. I still find those on the other side to be hysterical. But um, because you leave your ego here when you cross, they're a lot of fun to me. Um, so what is it that's not pleasant for you? Hearing my dead father. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the most pleasant, I have to be honest. Um, and that's where like that weirdness of like being there but not being there, it yeah. kind of screws with me, it screws with my head. So yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and that's, be- that's actually where I started to be not... Because I said earlier, it doesn't make me uncomfortable, but just where I kind of uh, hold myself back because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 we're not there yet. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> well, it, it evokes emotion and right. this happens with everyone. So even if you're listening and you're, you're not having a clear sense of seeing a loved one or feeling or hearing a loved one, you still are on some level. So if you get that sudden memory um, and it flies through you, like you're doing dishes or something and you just get this overwhelming sense, it is that emotion. It evokes it. It it brings it out and it can, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it can reactivate the grief. Um, I remember saying to him shortly after he passed, probably about five or six months, that you have to back the hell up. Like, I'm human. I love that you're here, but you have to back up because I have to grieve as a human. You have to not visit for a while. You have to not be, because people are like, you're so blessed, you're so lucky. I am, I am. And there are definitive challenges and even heartaches that are a result of being able to have this high sensory perception there are so (laughs) um it's it's both comforting affirming um and annoying it's just freaking annoying sometimes absolutely (laughs) so or like you know when when one of you is hurting and or mad because he's he's passed um I'm like I'm still stuck in that space uh well not Stuck isn't the right word, but I, I'm still in that space of, okay, but this is so great, and this really sucks. Like, thanks, yeah. thanks a lot, Howard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, the process of, um, I'm curious, and I, I, I waited to ask this question because I wanted to do it on air. Uh, you work in healthcare. Sure. No, it's 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 not going to be a hard one. Um, you you work in healthcare. Yes. And have been like frontline ED department, trauma, all that. (laughs) Well, first of all, I'm so grateful. And I'm also like, why the hell with your wiring would you do that? But I get it. Yeah. Have you ever seen them at work? Um, 
Or heard them, I should say, rather than see. Not that I can recall. It's very hectic in an emergency room, both energy-wise and Mm people-wise, no matter how small of a hospital you have. And I also worked at a hospital where we had primarily psych patients and people struggling with addiction. So it was all very chaotic Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if I was picking up on them. It would be really hard for me to differentiate what I was picking up on and what was just around me. Mm -hmm. I did pick up a lot on uh, code blues when we would have those. Um, For anybody that doesn't know what a code blue is, it's when somebody comes in in cardiac arrest um, or is passing, unfortunately. Not always, but most of the time, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, And I would know ahead of time that they were going because it's almost like, this is dark, I'm sorry, but... um, when the EMS would be like bringing them into the, to the code room and stuff. And, uh, it's, it's a horrific sight. I'm not going to kid you, but like, I almost see them all like, Hey, (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) And like, it's hard because I can empathize with the family and I know they're coming in and like, there's a line you have to, you have to be professional. Whereas I want to give them a hug and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I know exactly how that feels, um, but you can't. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, good for you. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't say that I have heard them definitively, mm-hmm. but I do have some experiences there. Mm-hmm. And it's been both hard and not just like, hey, good for you, too. There's been some times where I didn't want them to go because they were young, Mm-hmm. where that's been hard that one those kind of cases really have messed with me mm-hmm. but usually when they're like older and stuff and it's just their time I'm like go Nana how <laughs> 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 nice trip yeah. <laughs> so I don't know it's I do have those kind of experiences and um that's the kind of thing that also kind of wears on me though is and I think that's more so the empathy too mm-hmm. not just sensitive like uh spiritually is also like death and dying can suck it's great because you know you finish your contract as you like to say <laughs> but it's so sad for yeah. the people who are left behind so yeah you know that's probably one thing that really like sucked the life out of me <laughs> it, and it, it can and highly empathic people I I I think everybody has a level of empathy some people just aren't connecting with it it can absolutely be taxing and draining and that's why it's so important to have your clearing space or your practices your showers with the salt or you know asking for Archangel Michael to clear things or just stomping your feet or just wishing them well because it it can be uh it can mess with the head to be and even you know from my perspective I always say high five to those who have crossed even to those family members and I'm say and a big hug to you because like you said you understand what it feels like to have somebody you know feel like your heart's being ripped out because somebody's crossed but you also realize that if we're honoring all souls we're honoring the ones who have crossed the suicide being the only loophole other than suicide we pass when our contract is complete and I will admit I'm having a hard time actually right now with the COVID stuff Because I so know this is true, that we cross when our our contract is complete, and yet all these people are crossing from stuff that we could have prevented. So that's one of the questions when I cross. (laughs) It's going to be the top of my list, because I I feel like we still have to honor that, but there's a sadness that's going on universally, because this is happening across the world. It's not just happening in the United States. And what I also wanted people to understand is that empathic nature of all of ours with this many souls crossing all the time it affects our mental health and because it affects our emotional space and it affects our um so our mental health is affected because our emotional body is affected and our emotional body is affected because our etheric bodies are affected and our etheric bodies are affected because all these people who are leaving their physical bodies to be in their etheric bodies so it's we like we we can think we're separate from it but there's an impact that happens for all of us so especially those in healthcare and this is why was part part of the reason I wanted to ask is because 
so many people in healthcare have to keep their head in the game. And I'm, I, I want those listening in their, whether you're in the position or your family member or loved one, friend, whatever, we have to keep asking, are they okay? Because after we get through this push with all these people passing, there's going to be a very significant grief that happens for the witnesses of all of this too. So um, kind of took it off the rails there, but it just occurred to me that this is a good opportunity to, to say, this isn't just about can, you know, Kayla see spirits or can Vicky see spirits or can your kids see spirits it, or feel them. It's about recognizing that we, we are interconnected in, in ways. Um, I don't believe we're all one. No, we contribute to a whole, but sorry, we're not all one. Whoever's teaching that can just let that go. But um, <laughs> as a little aside there, but that um, experience of being in the ED, because I remember there, there were a couple times you would text me that something was going on and I would energetically get in there and just hose you off because I was like, oh no, she's not taking this home with her um, because that is a very real phenomenon um, that you can oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, that one of the cases that I had mentioned in passing, like when someone was young, there was one specific patient that like, I took the whole weekend and it wasn't until like that following Monday that I'm like, I have to like cut all the ties and be like, Oh, that shit was heavy. Cause it was, <laughs> it was one of those cases that it just stayed with me. Yeah. And cause it happened right at the beginning of my shift. So of course I had to work the whole shift um, and the family was there the whole shift. So that was you know, it didn't happen to me, but it felt like it happened to me because that's a part of being like uh, empathic, empathetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is like it feels like it's my stuff, right? So it felt like it was my child, and I had to go that whole shift and then that whole weekend. And you know, I don't want to sound like poor me. Oh, I had to take all that stuff on, but like it can be very. Um, one of those situations where I would need to be hosed off. I can't find my words because it was just so much because I just absorb it all. Yeah, and I think that's true of a lot of people who are in the caretaking professions. Mm. Um, There tends to be a ribbon that runs through of wanting to help Mm. and not realizing that they may be taking on the pain of others. I just, I was with uh, Justin my buddy trainer this morning and he said my heart breaks for a person and (laughs) I actually slapped him and said don't say that because you take that into your physical self you can feel for someone you can absolutely acknowledge that wow I I just I, I I don't want them to hurt that much um I am going to feel love for them whether you know them personally or not Um, But when we take that on and we say my heart breaks for them or anything like that, you actually take that into your system and your heart hears it like your your system listens to it. And there are a lot of times when I'm working with someone that I can just see all that debris stuck to them. And I'm like, okay, so hosing off what that means is I will actually because I have Kayla's permission, I don't look when I'm not invited but if she's like oh I had a day or whatever I'm like okay you're getting hosed off just like when you were little I'd say bath now you know it's and I go in and I just literally I like a squeegee action because it seems like it's a little bit more uh effective and I just go in and I'm like anything that's not hers has to go because you still have to work with your own yeah emotion or what that brought up for you but we don't have to take on everybody's stuff and there's a one of the things that I wish more people felt was what it feels like to be on the other side or could feel um and that joy that comes from someone um after they've crossed and like when you were saying I'm out and there's like this playfulness, there's this, this is so cool. I kind of thing. And you know, I've had people say to me, you just don't care. And I'm like, no, I can feel their joy. I might not, um, 
have the words to convey what that is, but because I can feel it, 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 it sometimes gives me that giddiness that might seem like I'm for everybody croaking and, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, that yeah. they passed. I wish everybody could delve into themselves a little bit and feel that. So, um, but it can be challenging, especially if you're a kid and you don't know what you're seeing or you don't know what you're feeling. I think it's important for people to hear you can order them out. Like you yeah. can, you can say, get out. Like when you yeah. had that, that guy in your apartment, um, on Jason street, the one that was messing with your dresser drawers and stuff. Do you remember him? Um, no. It was a young guy who likely had passed near the tracks behind your apartment. And you were like, can you just tell him to knock it off? And I said, well, you can. He's he's there because of your energy. So, sure. like, get out. Tell him to get out. And cause yeah. he, he would open up your dresser drawers. But, oh, remember the woman? All these apartments she ended up in, people, they just had leftover junk from the people living. But remember the woman who, on whatever street that was, um, Fen Street, where she would turn the picture if she didn't like someone? Do you remember this? No, but, like, there's so many interactions that I've had and so many apartments that I've had. <laughs> that so, I'm sure it's up here somewhere. Yeah. Well, you had you had said to me this really cool, I, and I, it sticks in my mind because it was when you felt empowered by knowing how to interact with the spirit world, and that's what I'd like people to hear: is it doesn't have to be this like they show on TV with their faces ripped off and stuff. Yeah. It, I do jump out of my skin a couple times a week. It can be scary sometimes yeah it can and it can be adrenaline producing and it can be I don't like when they pop in my car seat I'm like can you not jump in the car with me I am operating a motor vehicle here but um I'm glad they don't do that to me you're <laughs> listening every time I reiterate a thousand times a week that I don't like jump scares don't jump out at me <laughs> well I don't like them either but they just don't seem to listen to me I think they know that I if after I get over the heart palpitation, I think it's funny. So, you know, well, but this is also something I deal with every day. So, but you, I, the reason it, it, it's come, I remember it so clearly is because I remember as a mom taking a deep breath saying, okay, I still thought you were too young to live on your own, but I remember taking a deep breath saying, ah, oh, okay, she's got somebody looking out for her because there was a picture or something that was on the wall and she would flip it upside down if she didn't like the person who was coming to visit you and she would put it right side up if um, it was somebody that was okay. And you were so excited because you figured out the, you like a mystery anyway, but you figured figured out the communication, the message. And she was right about, you know, some dude who had stopped by or whatever. And I remember thinking, okay, on one hand, it's not cool because if somebody's doing that, it's likely that they're caught between the realms. And on one hand, I was like, you have to release her. Like, you have to let her go. And I, from a mom's perspective, I was like, oh, she needs to live there. Like, she <laughs> she just needs to stay with Kayla and not. So this is what I mean by, like, they when someone crosses and they don't go completely to the other side um, and they're caught in the astral realm, it's a lower level of the astral realm. That's what a lot of people call ghosts. So when you, the haunting in Connecticut and, you know, those shows where it does get embellished because would, would it sell, you know, if it didn't. Um, but it's, it's possible to have those. And if you're working in healthcare law enforcement, um, EMT, um, well, sometimes just visiting a hospital, uh, you can get these energies that travel with you. Um, mm. so that's an example of, of one that, uh, I was grateful for, um, but also felt a certain duty to cross her. I didn't until after you moved out and then I did. But, so is there anything that we haven't talked about regarding all of this because again it occurred to me that we haven't really it just was part of our world and yeah. not necessarily dialogue um is, was there anything that 
you still have questions about or you think others might benefit from knowing? Oh, I've got tons of questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to know it all. I'll be like, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Something about this just does not make sense. No, we'll get used to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fill in the silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dead silence in it. Dead silence. Um, in a, in a podcast about people who croaked, um, about, I guess the management of it, like, do you know that you can absolutely, you have within your right as a human, as a being of this wiring to say, no, I want no contact with the other side. Yeah. Um, I didn't at first, I thought that it just was what it was because, you know, like I said in the beginning, I think I've been picking it up maybe all of my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of just rolled with it and thought that I was kind of a strange kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a, an imagination. As I've gotten older, it's gotten a lot more difficult. I wouldn't necessarily say for me to manage because I think I have a pretty good control over it. Um, but it's my willingness to let it in I think that's a lot harder for me as I get older um but it definitely gave me a lot more confidence like in that adolescent range of you say it was Fen Street I think it was actually the guy in the closet where you told me that I had to get rid of him myself Mm. um that when you told me that I could just tell him to go away Mm. maybe it was Jason Street whatever Mm. one it was well I know I told you that with definitely with the closet guy but probably had to remind you yeah that gave me a lot more confidence and I still hold on to that to this day and it's Mm. like no I don't have to listen to you Mm. I will if it's something that like I definitely need to like if it's my message yeah okay fine but um I do, it brings me a lot of comfort knowing that I can't just be like, no, I can't process this right now because sometimes it can be too much, like we've already said. So I just turn the radio off. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pull in. Sometimes I imagine like those antennas that you hit a button and they go up on the car. And yeah, that's what I was picturing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You just pull it back in. Yeah, no. yeah. Like no, I'll no not. I'll not be picking up any signals today. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. No mm. mute. Yeah, turn my hearing aids off. <laughs> Take them <laughs> off so I don't hear anything, and then oh. just yeah. <laughs> energetic hearing aids as well. They're all off today. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. Um, so for those you know, listening when you're helping your kiddo or yourself, because there are a lot of people through this expansion that we're going through universally and, and energetically that, and people spending more time with themselves because of the pandemic and everything that, uh, abilities are showing up that were turned down or off in childhood, especially if you're in your early forties, there's a lot happening, um, for those entering that place where it's starting to be like, oh, I remember doing this as a kid. You can absolutely say, no, I have to deal with human stuff today. Pound it. Like those on the other side don't take it personally. If it's someone that's caught in the astral realm, that can be a little bit more challenging because they need the energy in order to manifest, in order to be in the limbo state they're in. Um, but you absolutely have a say of, um, just get out. I don't have the capability right now, or I just don't want to. Like sometimes I just want to watch a show on TV. I do not want to have a dialogue about what you did today and who you saw. I don't really care. Um, I, I care about the person, but and for some reason, gas stations tend to have a lot of energies with them. <laughs> so I'll be pumping gas and I'm like, don't care. And I'm not going to talk to myself out loud here. Thank you very much. Um, but having that, I'm glad to hear that it gives you a sense of, of strength. Because I know like when I've talked to Kenzie about this too and said, uh, my granddaughter, I, I've said to her, Just stand up to them. Like, just tell them to beat feet. Like, you're tired. Because typically, it is 2, 3 in the morning when you're getting those messages. Because that's when we're furthest from the sun. And it creates a bigger activity thing. But I wanted people to hear that this can be... (laughs) 
quote unquote normal part of life and you can still be a functioning adult in the world and participating and even being, you know, frontline energy work uh, and then then literal uh, healthcare worker and have this be a comfort for those who are crossing that the, the, the passing process in and of itself, people tend to find difficult. And I truly believe that's a fear of what's coming next or what's on the other side. Um, and that's why it gets dragged out sometimes. So if more, we have more of these conversations and we let people know that this is uh, actually a pretty cool thing um, for the one crossing. Um, I don't know, maybe we'll lighten up about ourselves too. And, you know, maybe. maybe. But I, I, I wanted to, because the energy is so heightened right now, um, holidays, new year, pandemic, people passing, age of Aquarius that we just entered, the conjunction, <laughs> solar, it's happening on every freaking level. Um, so what would you, as we wrap this up, what would you... I do have a question, but you can cut it, but ask your question. Oh, no, no, we can go there. Because I don't know if it's exactly related to okay. Okay. spiritual realm, but you mentioned that you, you didn't say frustrated, but I know it's frustration because I talked to you, <laughs> <laughs> um, with people who are finishing their contracts or coming to the end of their contracts, but are, my words, being stupid mm-hmm. um, with the pandemic going on, mm-hmm. because some people are just going to get it naturally because they're predisposed, but some people are just being kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if that frustration is justified, but I, I also wonder if that frustration also kind of ties to dad because I feel it's the same, not the same type of situation because this pandemic level, he was just dad, <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of was the same if you think about it because you could say his contract was coming to an end it is the way it was supposed to be if you will or the way he chose it to be but at the same time it was so preventable on so many different levels and he just didn't he didn't do anything yeah so his contract came to an end is that do you feel like that's the same not the same but is similar to that kind of feeling do you know what I mean for those who are crossing or for those who are being um irresponsible I guess kind of both because you you don't have to but like there is that I keep hearing expectation and have to but that's not what I want to say but like that expectation for lack of a better word of like finishing a contract and just respecting that 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 is their path but also being kind of irresponsible Mm -hmm. which I personally think that he was so (laughs) I guess that's where I'm kind of trying to tie it together while being like dude (laughs) yeah there is a component of that and when I say someone finishing their contract to be clear there's more than one date um there's not a hard and fast Listen, going to pass on August 20th, 2015, and that's when you're out. You know, that there are other avenues. So, yes, he he actually took one of them. If you remember, he he crashed when he had his uh, carotid artery surgery and they had to bring him back. So, that was 2012. Because you picked up on him in the lobby. (laughs) Yes. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I knew that before he went in, but hoped I was wrong um but then when it happened I was like didn't he code again in the in in October when he had his bypass too um the first bypass yes not the one where the last time yeah, he was yeah. in the ICU. <laughs> people are like Jesus how many how many bypasses had, no. did this guy have two, two by the way um total aortic bypass by the way bifemoral um twice twice <laughs> yeah it was a fun five years um so um, he, he had a reaction to medicine the second time, the, the first time he actually coded. So, um, so that was in effect one of his exits. Okay. One of his options to take. And he, um, he, he did choose to come back. He did choose to do a U-turn. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know if my ordering him back in his body was had anything to do with it, but um, he did choose to do a U-turn, come back, do some work that he really needed to do that he wasn't doing beforehand. Um, you know, giving credit to Howard, we do tend to say, you lazy bum, but he did do some amazing work in three years' time for him. Um, <laughs> so then the, yes, it, it could have been, uh, in the way that it, it ended up being and, and the, the stuff that he went through again medically, could a lot of that have been prevented? Mm, no. Could it have been postponed a bit? Yes. So, um, there's some wiggle room in it because obviously we have to take responsibility for what we eat, medicines we take or don't take. But inevitably, his contract would have completed in his 50th year. So, uh, at some point. So, yes, there's irresponsibility to it, but there's also a an honoring of that, that we can, that we can do and still be pissed about it, still be, still be sad about it and everything. And I remembered actually probably eight, nine months after he passed, I was walking, oh, Tank, you have to tell us the story. Um, oh yeah. I was, I was walking Tank, who was our dog, um, the cutest pit bull you've ever seen in your life. And he, um, I remembered, um, your father saying at one point, that he was always going to retire at 50. And I'm like, and he used to say that when he was 30. And I'm like, he knew on some level. You knew on some well, level. Well, <laughs> I knew three years before he actually. No, you knew like <laughs> a good decade beforehand. Because I think we talked about it in the Empathy, empathy yeah. uh, podcast, but in the cereal aisle at Price Right, <laughs> randomly one day you're like, your father's going to die young. <laughs> I remember exactly what, we were, what I was wearing. I was like, what? Yeah, for those listening, install a filter for your children. Um, you know, sometimes my filter didn't work. Sometimes I never let go of that. Yeah. I still remember it. And then when it happened, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Well, you know, it goes to my track record. I do have, I do have a good track record. If I, like you said about the people in the, in the emergency room and stuff, I can feel when someone's passing long before they pass. And it's not my favorite skill, (laughs) Um, but it does help me get ready. Um, So Tank and Tank and your father. So Tank, for those listening, um, passed (laughs) shortly after, no, two years, two years one year. I can't remember people. It was a rough few years. Um, yeah, after Howard passed. Um, so he, he, and he was only four, so he had significant seizure activity issues. He actually came into our life because of Kayla and you know, the story where your kid gets a dog or cat and they can't keep it and you end up with it. Uh, best gift, no doubt of an animal ever. Because he did help Howard to grow and to expand and all of that. And then animals, much like people, have contracts. And when they're complete with their contract, they just don't begrudging. They're just like, yo, they're even more of a peace out. They're like, this is the best thing ever. I gotta go. Um, so what's your what's your memory? Um, probably a week or so before Dad passed. Maybe a little more. He was still in the ICU. Um, I had gone home. It was the only night I spent at home. I'm pretty sure I stayed in the ICU that entire time. But one night, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It was like a hit. I hit a brick wall. So Sarah had to bring me home. I remember it was like 10 o'clock at night. And then she went back to be with you. So I was by myself at the house. And, oh, no. Maybe I spent two nights because I think Donna was with me that night. Okay. Um, so the following night, I spent two Shout nights. Shout out to the Howard's harem who got me through that time. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of what night it was, I was home alone. And I was up in my bedroom, and um, I heard as clear and as loud as day, Dad's voice. Like earlier I said, I heard it loud and clear. It wasn't any voice. I knew I knew my father's voice. Mm-hmm. He yelled, Tank, as if Tank was getting into something that he oh, shouldn't yep. have been. And it was one of those, Tank! <laughs> and it scared the bejesus out of me because I was home alone. And it was my dad's voice, who I knew was at Bay State. 
<laughs> I thought I was going nuts. I'm he like, was on some good drugs, so he was probably traveling. <laughs> right. I was like, this is it. I'm going crazy. I've had my psychotic breakdown. I can't take any more stress. But then you texted me. I texted you immediately and was like, I just heard Dad's voice. I'm freaking out a little bit. But you the next morning said that Dad told you that around that same time, he woke up uh, yelling at Tank around the very same time that I heard mm-hmm. him. And I, he scared the bejesus out of me. He would just not do that anymore. Because he was loud. Like, it was in my ear. Tyke! And I even, like, went down around the corner. Even though I knew he wasn't there. I was like, hello? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so weird that, like, you said that at the same time that he was doing that, I heard it an hour away. Yeah. Inside our house. So this is, this is the... Yeah, this is the ability of spirit to travel. And when someone is passing, even though he was coherent, (laughs) how on the level of morphine he was on, I don't know. But even though he was coherent, when we're asleep, we're in that same astral space as when you cross. So you're able to travel to other people and, and, and visit. So especially those who are in comas or in... Um, under anesthesia, people travel a lot under anesthesia. It's so fun. Um, it, because yeah, that's why I'm afraid to go under anesthesia. Yeah, it's it, start flying. It, it's the closest, truly. Um, it's the closest experience to the natural crossing process and leaving your body that we have that's man made. That's why I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, death with dignity because it it mimics that releasing the body and I have yet to have a soul come through when I either in communication or doing a session who didn't really like the morphine ride um because it's very true to our soul we know it but that ability well remember when he passed at five something in the morning 22 22. (laughs) and um Kenzie. I always wake up at that time. Yeah. Like almost every morning. If it's not earlier, because Dorito likes to wake me up. Her cat. Um, <laughs> uh, I always wake up at 522. Yeah. Every morning. So Dorito's a cat. That's not what she's named her child. Um, even though I love them. <laughs> that would be a good tribute to me. <laughs> um, but she she was staying at her other grandmother's house, and at that exact time, the cat at their house, or five twenty-six it was the cat at their house started going bonkers and woke Kenzie up. Oh, Kenzie. Yeah. And so that I was not at my grandmother's. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Let's leave, let's leave that out of this podcast. But, um, (laughs) there's some family things we don't talk about on public. So, um, but that's the, that's what happened, right? It happens when someone crosses their soul then goes and says all the goodbyes. He had squished us already and he was going to say goodbye to all the people. So, can I be, swear he's he 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 is who told me to take a nap that morning because yeah. I stayed up that whole night with you yeah. and then twenty minutes beforehand I'm like I really need to take a nap yeah and I wasn't even tired but I was like no a nap sounds good right now yeah <laughs> and I just passed out on the couch and then he woke me up like twenty minutes later I'm like excuse me <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it happens the way it's meant to happen a lot of the yeah, times absolutely I think I wouldn't have been able to emotionally handle it yeah it would yeah, it would have been better asleep <laughs> yeah it wasn't pretty um well you know how well he snored <laughs> so you know but that's what happens like um someone will go potty and come back and the person is crossed and and, and it, it it's that it's always in the way it's meant to be with the exception of suicide and you know, um, I just heard of someone this morning and my heart just, uh, for her, for his wife that it's, it's still a choice. Um, they're still okay. They're still received in love and support and everything. Um, and yeah, it's hard. Um, so my question to you was going to be, if you could give some advice to those who, maybe aren't in the place, you know, we make it sound so easy, um, to handle, like if they're not in that, (laughs) that space, like how do they take care of themselves during this, like awareness that they might be picking up on others? Mm. That's hard to answer because I want to go back to that empathy video where I was like, well, just don't. (laughs) Um, but I, I also think that I come from a level of bias too, Having that I had that whole 
lifetime of experience. And then like, you've always told me that to just not shut it down, but just be adamant. Put the clothes, put the clothes sign up. Yeah. Um, I do that a lot, admittedly. Good. So, um, like the last five years I've been like, sometimes stuff like goes through more so at the hospital. I put my guards down a little more because we've already talked about that. But like when I'm home, I'm off. I don't want to hear it because dad hangs out quite a bit. Um, you were his his favorite. I mean, let's face it. (laughs) I know I'm making cookies and lasagna, but I'm off. (laughs) I don't want to hear it right now. And I, I do that a lot just because that helps me process emotionally Mm -hmm. um, and mentally. So I don't want to say like shut it down or block it or anything, but just, I don't know, maybe remind yourself that it, you don't have to, you're not obligated to listen to them. Thank you. That was what I was going to say. So if you need to, like you were already saying earlier, if you need to say, you know, maybe tomorrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can, or maybe never. You can. Yeah. It's it's your choice. Yeah. So I think that's the only advice I would have okay. is just not try not to feel because I know sometimes you just feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. But don't feel like just because they are talking to you that you have to be the only one that's listening. Yeah. Thank you. Because that was going to be something that I mentioned in that they're they're communicating with us because they can. Yeah. Um, because it's fun. Because they have no limitation of energy or spirit. (laughs) There is no obligation and you're not stunting them. You're not, you don't have an ego when you cross. So no one on the other side is going to feel dissed that you didn't talk to them. Nor do they get mad at you if you don't or you get rid of their favorite piece of furniture. They don't care about it. They're doing their own process. The fact that we can hear them is wonderful or see them or feel them or feel the bed go down, you know, that they're hanging out with you. That kind of thing. (laughs) When When I I saw that on a haunting in Connecticut, because we used to watch those a lot. We laugh at those, but I remember dad watched those a lot. Um, Any way I could screw you up and have, you know, I, like I used to say to you all the time, I got to give the therapist something to do later on. Um, but, Um, but there was a scene in the haunting in Connecticut, the dramatized one where like one of the spirits or demons or whatever was like pulling down the blankets or whatever. And I saw that I went, that better never happen to me. You're getting kicked in the face. (laughs) You're getting kicked in your non-physical face. Um, it, 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 not from demonic that's a whole different story um, yeah. of people stop believing that that's true uh, but they, it can be you can feel that so it, it's important to know that we all we, that we have we have the ability to order them out and if you're a parent of a child who's experiencing this Order them out in front of the person. Like my bedroom is actually off limits. I set a force field around my bedroom because you got me the rest of the time. I want to sleep. Like (laughs) I love my sleep. I want to be in that space where my soul is doing whatever it's doing when it's traveling, but I'm not on duty. You can, you can have me during my waking hours, but you can't have me then. You can absolutely order that the bedroom is off off limits. So if you're a parent, teach your kids that. And sometimes a spray bottle works for the younger ones. Um, you fill it and it's like ghost go away or spirit, spirit spray. I would rather you say, because ghost again is someone that's, um, you know, disincarnated body kind of thing, you know, energy. So disembodied spirit, not disincarnated. Okay. Forgetting my own vocabulary here. So thank you very much. Um, I think this is the longest episode, but people will like it (laughs) and they can, they can listen, uh, in chunks. Um, hopefully this helps just take some of the drama out of it. I'd like to do that too. Um, and just say, as we raise in frequency, we get closer to this astral realm. So likely that even though I don't feel like they need to communicate with us, we may experience the you know, lights flickering or the TV going off or <laughs> they're here. There. Oh, I actually just saw that for the first time. Um, oh my God. That movie came out decades ago. 
I know. I know. Such a classic. Yeah. Mike was upset. Nothing scared me. I'm like, yeah. And? And he's like, forget it. Because he thought it was going to scare me so bad. I'm like, nah, been there. Dealt with this firsthand. This does not scare me. Um, (laughs) So you're going to have to up the ante on that one. I have to be a some other kind of show. So thank you once again for joining us, um, for being part of this and helping to demystify some of this intuitive ability and, and for truly for being willing to help others, um, and join on this crazy ride I've got going here. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So that's another episode of Intuition Your First Sense. And I will see you on the next one. Take care of you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you're interested in Wisdom Wednesday, feel free to go to the website, VickiBaird.com, and check under booking. And you'll find the information there to sign up for the subscription. I am so grateful that you listened to this episode and that you're participating. And I hope you have more of an understanding of how values and our intentions can lead to completing some goals, which then allows us to feel fulfilled. I wish you all the best and be well.